A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official expanded universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com. There is a great disturbance in the Force. That's right, Whistler. Welcome to episode 222 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends, as well as canon, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. Our episodes broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, second airborne division of podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on iTunes as well as Stitcher and right on our own Twitter and Facebook pages at SW Beyond Films. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get this show started. I'm one of your hosts, the Defender the EU, the champion of the multiverse, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Herleman, and with me like a Wookiee being followed by Porgs, the EU guru himself, the count of our two continuities, Mr. Nathan P. Butler! Hey, everybody, looks like those Porgs dig the tall guys. Uh, yes, this is episode, I feel like it needs to be done in sort of that monster truck thing. It's episode two, two, two. Right? 222. Mm-hmm. We should have recorded this on a Tuesday. And we could go for two hours and 22 minutes and 22 seconds, but there's just not that much to talk about on this topic, thank goodness. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, I guess sort of an update uh, from my end, because I haven't really had much chance to, to update people. Uh, we are in crunch time now, I guess. My Star Wars Timeline Gold is going to have its new edition for 2017 out on October 17, which is sort of the day, it's my birthday, but it's also the day that we treat it as sort of the official anniversary, because I don't remember exactly what day I put out version 1.0, but it's having its 20th anniversary this year, so kind of a big deal to get it out then, so I've got about a month to get that ready to go. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm planning on launching the Patreon on probably the same day, Nice. so I'm hammering through, uh, right now I'm recording a bunch of audio commentaries so far for episodes of The Clone Wars in chronological order, and just hit the movie, and I was shocked that I could actually do a full commentary of that movie in one sitting without a bunch of dead air, or finally just going crazy, going like, stop saying Sky Guy, you little skank, or something like that, (laughs) so I was was kind of proud to do that, but it's kind of busy here, but I know that it had been a little bit um, since we'd done an episode, and of course we had one of those events pop up. So no, folks, this is not the Inferno Squad episode. That is still coming. Mark's finishing that one up at the moment. Um, but how could we go without remarking upon Force Friday 2, 2, 2? Yes, that's right. Star Wars Beyond the Films, we ask the tough questions. Questions that have bothered you for a long time, or simple ones that have perplexed you off and on. You ponder about Star Wars, and so do we. As Nate said this episode, we banter about the recent Star Wars Force Friday 2 phenomenon. So, consider that your spoiler warning, Beyonders and Sentients of all ages. Because here we go, on another adventure, Beyond the Films. That's right. Force Friday was this thing that they came up with for promoting... The Force Awakens, and the idea was they were going to drop a whole lot of new books, and which is, you know, our purview, of course, and toys, and clothing, and weird stuff out there, like, uh, you know, Sphero uh, 
app-controlled BB-8 robots and stuff like that, all kinds of stuff all dropping on the same day and sort of making an event out of it for a lot of midnight openings, special events at different stores, exclusives to different places, and all that kind of stuff. Then we got Rogue Friday for Rogue One, which wasn't hyped up nearly as much, but it was kind of a thing. And now, with The Last Jedi coming, we now have Force Friday 2 on September 1st, 2017, which oddly is also the first day of Dragon Con. So I wonder if that affected what I saw in the area where I live, because I live in the Atlanta area, and a lot of the people who might have been doing midnight things uh, around here, a lot were probably already at Dragon Con or already downtown, so maybe there's a shift in where things were happening. But September 1st, mm. 2017, big drop of new books, new toys, clothing, little items and whatnot. Um, even some things popping up that day that weren't actually announced ahead of time, like what Fantasy Flight Games did. They released something that hadn't previously really been announced. Um, and in some cases, they were like, yay, this thing's coming, but we don't have it ready for Force Friday, so pre-orders open on Force Friday too. Just a huge marketing blitz. And we want to focus in on sort of what our experience was, not just an overview, but what our experiences were relative to the last one, relative to what was out there. Um, and at the same time, be focusing in at least to a degree on the books, because that's a big part of our purview here, um, and which ones we found uh, uh, most interesting to pick up, that sort of thing. So think of this as sort of Star Wars Beyond the Films doing a twist on the Force Friday 2 thing. It's not news so much as it's perspective, I'd like to say. You're beyond the films, and so is our fandom. Now, what's funny is, you and I both were kind of like, eh, I'm not going to go to the midnight release. We're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to chill and sit this out, you know? Like, And I think that that, by the time Rogue Friday came around, and I still remember Rogue Friday originally being Force Friday too, and then all of a sudden it was like, why did they stop calling it Force Friday too? Oh, they're being punny and calling it Rogue Friday. Okay. And then, you know, now we're Force Friday, too. So that was a little weird at first. That means that the next one can be Solo Friday, which will make perfect sense around here because I'll probably be the only one there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so my local, you know, my local stores, we have a Super Walmart. We've got a Fred Meyers. Uh, we don't have a Target. We don't have a Toys R Us. I've got to travel almost 40 miles to go to that. Uh, and when we did the first one, we went to Walmart because of course it's, it's our super Walmart. So it's 24 hours. So it was like, okay, we can go there at any time. We could be ready for this stuff. Um, and we were there, they had this stuff finally out and it was all in the black pallets and stuff. And there was about six guys, you know, it wasn't that many of us there. And I remember when they cut open the stuff, like I went to one side cause I was looking for the six inch figures. Cause I was, I was. It was the time I just started. I'd only had the R2 at that point. And I was like, you know, it's kind of cool. Maybe I'll go for that BB-8 droid. Which, of course, when they opened them all up, BB was the last one. I, I didn't go for BB. There were other ones that I wanted instead. But in the time it took me to figure out which of six of those six-inch figures I wanted, two of the other guys that went around to the backside and had literally wiped out the entire 3x75. Uh, so all, all the small ones were gone. It was just like, holy crap. Like That happened so fast. I couldn't believe it. Then Rogue Friday came, and when I showed up for that one, it was, again, there was about three of us at this one, and they wheeled out half the stuff. And, and they did the same thing with the first Force Friday, where not all the items were brought out. So while the people that were there picked it clean, they still didn't come away with all the Force Friday goods from the store that the store had to offer, 
Whereas you went to some places and like you would see like New York Toys R Us and stuff like that, where it was like just walls and walls of Star Wars items. You no, know, we had like one small little row. I mean, that's all we had. And then for this one, I so I decided I'm not going to go down at midnight. I'm not going to waste my time because they didn't pull half the stuff out until noon the next day. So I was like, I'll come down around one o'clock or so. So when we did, I went down and the first place I went to is the original uh, aisle that they have the Star Wars toys on. Because I've been watching that. Whereas the original Force Friday and Rogue Friday, they cleared that out, getting it ready for the new stuff. No, they're still at my Walmart. They're still pushing the Zuvio, uh, the the uh, uh, what the heck is that other guy? The Raider guy that's got the brown jacket that came onto Solo's ship. A couple of the other figures from the first Rogue Fr- or Force Friday that didn't sell are still on the shelf. There's a couple fins, uh, a couple of the Poe Dameron's in his flight suit. Uh, and then there's a lot of Rogue Friday ones. Uh, you've got Cassie and Andor on the shelf. You've got a lot of Jin Ursos. But the waves that came after that, we haven't seen them. I have still not seen uh, uh, Chirrut or Bays, any of those figures. So, you know, it's like, when when are the stores going to stock that? And then you've got the Force Friday stuff coming. So, you know, I'm looking over there, and they still got all that stuff in the aisle. And I'm like, wow, they're not set up for anything. So I'm, at this point, I'm like... Are they going to put it in the one row in the middle like they did the year before? No, they've got a bunch of stuff there. So I'm like, what the heck? So I'm, I'm walking around and I'm like, there is nothing here. Like, they didn't stock crap. So, of course, I'm immediately smack talking Walmart posts and stuff on Facebook and stuff. Go around down to where the cosmetics are, which is at the far edge of the toys. And that's where they have their row. And the row this time was about four pallets long. And again, they didn't have everything out. Even at this point in the day, they had zero Hot Wheels figures, which for me, I, you know, I've, I've followed the, uh, titanium diecast line and then the Hot Wheels line is very similar to that. So I've kind of, that's become my new ships of my go-to ship stuff. You know, if I can't get the titanium ones, I'm getting these ones in addition to that. So there are about four or five of those that I wanted that I couldn't find at first. So. Walmart has since then put those out. There's about five of them I really want to get, about $30 worth. I just can't afford it at this moment. I had limited funds going in, knowing this blitz was coming, so it was like, I've got to get the ones I want. And I desperately wanted to get Hera. I wanted to get Luke, Jedi Master Luke, and Training Ray. Those are the three that I felt like I had to have now, since Jaina isn't coming as far as I know right yet. You know, that's the... De- Definitely got to get Jaina. Like, that's the one that's making me sweat, get that nervous, like, I can't talk feeling, like, I got to get that that figure. I don't know when she's coming, so I'm still in that boat. But I, I, as soon as I walk around, the six-inch line had been picked over pretty good, but there was one Hera. I was like, oh, thank God, one Master Luke. Yay! And there were two Rays. So I got to pick which of the two Rays was the better-looking one. So I can't just order online. Like, yeah, everybody's like, just do the order online. I would love to be able to order online, but... I have to know what the figures look like. I've seen some bad paint jobs, some bad deformities and stuff like that. So for me, it's always a matter of how many of that figure can you find and which one's the best one. That's the one I'm taking home. So, you know, just being able to find the Hera and find the Master Luke, it was a win. But I kind of was like, man, I hope they're, I hope they're great. You know, I'd hate to get them open and find there's like some huge flaw. Hera's nose is sideways or something. Uh, but they also had those centerpiece ones, which there's a Vader coming through the Tantive V, Tantive IV, uh, uh, hatchway and it lights up and then there's luke uh kind of very reminiscent to the old uh, unleashed luke where he's coming over the snow with the speedwalker 
Um, but this one, it's more like, I think, a crashed uh, snowspeeder. Well, I ended up coming back and I got the Vader one because it just it's so glorious looking. I'm like, it lights up and stuff. So I've got those four items on layaway. I couldn't even afford to buy them all. You know, I was just like, man, I, I'm so broke right now. But layaway, luckily, at Walmart started the same day. So I'm like, okay, I'm putting these on layaway. Uh, I did learn that at the last Force Friday, or should I say Rogue Friday, that layaway at Walmart has some special requirements. So you are not putting any Hot Wheels figures or any of the uh, 375 figures on layaway. Oh, no, it has to be over uh, 10 bucks at least. And then your balance has, I mean, it's, it's insane the rules that they have. So, like, we went down there and we had all these, like, little pillows and things like that that we were going to get for my daughter for decorator room. And they were like, oh, no, that don't qualify. That don't qualify. So, for me, I think one of the things I, I, I hate about this event is that you don't know where half the stuff is and you don't know if half the stuff's going to be restocked. So it's like, what do you get now? And what do you just say? Well, I'm never going to see it again, you know? And then you get to that point where it's like, well, do I break the bank? Do I, do I, you know, starve my family so I can get this one figure? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's rough when, when you're me, <laughs> when you're doing more than just the books. I mean, I would love to say the books and the comics were the only thing in star Wars I'm digesting and, and doing, but I have gotten desperately hooked on that damn six inch line. So at 20 bucks a pop and then, and then that's, that's just locally. I've looked at those New York Toys R Us's and they're paying twenty six ninety nine for the same figure. I'm like, Oh my God, the price gouging that's going on. And then you've got fans buying all of them, turning around and sell them for 300 bucks a piece. It's insane. You know, it's just insane. So for me, I'm kind of, I'd be happy if they just got rid of it and went back to, you know, making sure the waves actually hit the stores or cutting it back to one or two locations. I've decided next year, I'm definitely going to drive the 40 miles. I'm going to go to the Target. Uh, you know, Target, Toys R Us and Target, they seem to be the two stores that really kind of go all in. Walmart has been very disappointing since the very first one. Uh, and then Freddy's is, is similar. When I went over to Freddy's, they happened to have the 375 figures and they had the Hot Wheel figures. But because Walmart didn't put theirs out, theirs were completely picked clean. The only thing they had on the shelf at all was just the Rose figure. Uh, the Hot Wheel stuff were completely gone. There was nothing left. It was insanely picked over. And... You know, I was hearing stories of some places that are just completely dead, and there was a lot of stuff, and there were other places where it was completely wiped out. And I think, Nate, that you were in a similar boat? Yeah, we had kind of a weird instance, but basically within the span, kind of like last time, kind of like with Force Friday 1, uh, we wound up at several different places over the span of a couple of days, kind of seeing the impact of Force Friday. Uh, We actually hadn't intended on doing a midnight release. I was like, you know what? I just want to get the books. I'm going to get Phasma, I'm going to get Leia, Princess of Alderaan, I'm going to get Star Wars Made Easy, stuff like that. I wasn't looking at BB-8 on the run yet, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get a few of these books, I'm going to order them through Amazon, and I'll be good to go. And then came the announcement, hey kids, welcome to Novel Variant Land again. And instead of it being the usual, right, because usually there are basically three different versions of almost any Star Wars novel at this point. There is the regular one that's available anywhere. There's usually a Barnes & Noble special edition that, in the case of anything but Thrawn, which had just a different dust jacket, has a different bound-in little poster thing that's just not there at all in the regular version. And then usually Books A Million has a release that comes um, that doesn't get any attention, that has an extra page bound in at the exact same place as the poster would be bound in, that is designed specifically for a signature, and it's a signed copy through Books A Million that you can order. Um, So usually what happens is I wind up getting the signed copy, I wind up getting the Barnes & Noble copy, 
I don't worry about the regular copy. I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm not sure I even care about the Barnes & Noble copies at this point, because it's expensive as hell to buy variants of novels when they're usually almost 30 bucks a pop. Well, and, and adding a page for, for signatures, I mean, I'm, I'm opening up uh, Inferno Squadron right here, and the first three pages are all blank pages. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you hell you need to add another page? Because it's pretty! Um, but yeah, so, so I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, and, but then they said, okay, so Phasma had a regular version. Books a Million had the signed version, which I ordered, but nobody heard about it because they didn't announce that as a variant. They never call that a variant, even though it's a different printing of it to have that extra page in it. And yes, it is signed um, for cover price. And they're like, okay, well, Barnes & Noble's getting a special version. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, bound in poster, no big deal. And so is Target. What? And so is Walmart. Son of a Sith. Right? I saw the Walmart one. So I go online and try to order these things. And I even check with um, the Star Wars Books Facebook page that's run by Delray. I'm like, okay. So I order the Books A Million copy. No no problem. I order the Target copy. <sighs> I order the Barnes & Noble copy. <clears throat> and may I say thank you, Barnes & Noble, for getting it here safely. But Barnes & Noble's shipping sucks. Because Barnes & Noble won't ship until it's out all these other places ship right before, so you get it on the release day or the day after. It took like an extra week almost for Barnes & Noble to get it to me. Um, and that's after paying for shipping. But then I'm looking for the Walmart one, and you go on the Walmart website, and there's no information about it being exclusive. It's just a picture of the regular cover, and none of their information's right. It says that it was released sometime in the 1970s, but it's still on pre-order, right? And that's not a joke. It actually said either 1970 or 1979. I forget which one it was for the <laughs> publication date. As it gets closer to release, they fix that. But I'm constantly asking on the Facebook page for Star Wars books, is there any way to be able to tell, whether it's ISBN number, catalog number, whatever, is there any way to be able to tell, looking at a Walmart online order page, whether that's the exclusive version? Because I don't want to order it and have it turn out that when it shows up, it's just the regular one. Never get a response. Never get a response. And, except for very early on saying, well, just wait, they'll update the page. They still haven't updated the page, and it's a week after Force Friday now. Uh, so it's like, screw it. I'm going to have to go to friggin' Walmart if I'm going to guarantee to be able to get that variant too, because at this point I'm an idiot and I'm collecting the variants. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Mainly because of New York Comic Con having an exclusive version of a, diff, of a certain point of view that you have to get a wristband for. You have to come back at, at a specific time on a specific day for and can only buy one of. And I really don't feel like putting Whoa. out one of my friends to be able to do that or putting up the money it would cost to get it on uh, on eBay. So thank you, Delray. You may have just broken me of the habit of buying all your damn variants. Um, <laughs> but so we're like, crap, so we're going to have to go to Walmart. And then we find out Fantasy Fight Games is announcing we have a special product that will launch on Force Friday. We're not going to tell you what it is, which I guess is better than last time because the last Force Friday, they released a new starter set for X-Wing. Didn't announce anything about it at all until after it was already in the stores. It just sort of showed up in targets. And the only way we even had an inkling that it was coming was because some of the play testers leaked images of it. Otherwise, we never would have known that it was coming. And it screwed over local game stores because they didn't know it was coming either. So they didn't get to put it in stock at their stores for sale until after Force Friday when all the diehards had already bought it at Target. Oh. Um, so it's like, oh, here we friggin' go again. That's a drop the ball, man. Like, you'd have thought somebody would be like, no, don't do that. You would think. 
we're expecting it to be something that is just amazing. Maybe it's a new game, because the way they said it made it sound like they were talking about a whole new thing, a whole new product line or something. Turns out what it was was a two-player starter for Star Wars Destiny, the Dyson card game. And if it's a two-player starter, I'll actually buy that because it's a balanced game. It's just after that, I'm not buying all the booster packs and stuff because I hate that collectible card model, as I've talked about plenty of times. But I'm like, I'm going to get that. Well, of course, Fantasy Flight game stuff being released on Force Friday probably means Target only, at least as a midnight release. So we're like, crap, here we go again. So my wife's all like, yeah, let's let's do the Force Friday thing. Let's go out and, you know, let's do the midnight thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I got a meeting in the morning, son of a... Okay, fine. So we go to Walmart. We get to Walmart. We decided to go and arrive at about 12.01, 12.02 so that we're not standing in line. We needn't have bothered. The local Super Walmart in Peachtree City think... Uh, upper middle class and wealthier, um, higher socioeconomic status area of Atlanta area. Um, Peachtree City, Georgia, Super Walmart. Ghost town. Absolute ghost town. There is nobody there. Everything is out on the shelves. Nothing has been removed from the shelves at all. They didn't wow. have everything necessarily out. I didn't see like the Hot Wheels stuff. But most everything is out. And you walk around and there isn't a single thing missing from the display whatsoever. Nobody has been there. No interest whatsoever. Um, I wind up going back. They don't have the books out with anything else. Go to the book section. The only book they have is Phasma. And they've got two copies of it, both the exclusive, one in good shape, and one that somehow was already beat to crap after being on the shelf for like three minutes. Pick up that one. We're out of there. Um, I looked at a Thrawn, thought maybe, maybe, but I didn't know what I was going to be spending on the Fantasy Flight game stuff because I didn't know what it was going to be. So I didn't buy the Thrawn at that moment. Just let it sit there. Tons of Thrawns, tons of Harris, tons of everything, because nobody bought anything. <laughs> we head from there straight to Target, because it's on our way home. Target did have a midnight event, but it's already calmed down by now. The first time, it was this long, giant line, lots of people waiting before it starts, people going in, but then there was one jackass who just went in and basically stuck his arm out behind the product and dumped a whole shelf of product into his cart and cleared out probably a good quarter or a third of the material by himself as one of the first people in line. Oh, oh my God. Why? Yeah, I just got a rant on that. Jeez. But, I mean, it's, it's, but it's allowed. So, um, we get there. There's a couple people still checking out. They're still open. You go back to the back, and there's some stuff that's been cleared out, but not everything. They did have more stuff out, more divergent product lines than Walmart did. They did have an event, but the event's already over, and it's like 1220. We go through. I see... Leia on the shelf. I see Phasma on the shelf, but I already ordered both of those. Leia from Amazon, Phasma from uh, uh, from the Target Online thing. I'm like, whatever. But there, thankfully, there is the uh, Fantasy Flight Games item. And yes, it is a two-player Destiny starter, as they actually said right before the midnight event started. To their credit, within a few hours of the midnight events, they did mention what it was so people could know what to look for. Um, but they claimed there was still some big announcement coming that day of a new game, which, no, there wasn't. And I was able to pick that up, and, you know, we're good. Picked that up and picked up BB-8 on the run. I picked up BB-8 on the run by picking it up and flipping through it and seeing that it was an original story. I didn't bother to look at the price tag. I'm like, it's a kid's book. Surely this book can only be like 10 bucks or something. No, BB-8 on the run, this tiny little kid's book, this flat, (laughs) thin, meh, barely any words on the pages kid's book is 18 effing dollars. (laughs) So I wind up buying that, and uh, the two-player starter, we're done. We head out of there. Um, The next day, I go to my meeting, 
And my wife says, you know, when I get back from the meeting, hey, why don't we go see Valerian at the dollar movie? Because there's basically a place where it's super, super cheap to get into the movie and then they just have overpriced food and everything. This is the same place that whenever I bought the hot dog and they had to bring it to us because it was still cooking, the lady winds up saying, oh, I just gave it to your daughter when referring to my wife. So I I guess I'm not aging gracefully. No, Um, I just had the same thing when they thought my wife was my mom. That's that's even worse when it's the woman that they're saying is the... We're the same age. That's harsh. I I, I, want to just disappear. I'm like, what do I say? Like, I mean, I, I... uh, uh, like lady that's my wife we're the same age at least least with my wife there's a 10 year difference or 9 year difference depending on the time of year Um, so we decided as we were heading off to that we would run into Toys R Us and see what they had left and see if they had anything they really didn't have much of a display at all so unless they just took it down they didn't seem to do much at the Fayetteville Georgia Toys R Us Um, but we were able to find a Porg my wife collects the little Beanie Boos the small ones Um, and so she didn't want a big porg and didn't want one of those animatronic looking porgs. So instead, we waited till we found the one that was basically the size of a beanie boo, and they had them. So we got one for her. Didn't get anything for me. Um, go see the movie. Go back uh, through Peachtree City to get some food and everything. Go to the grocery store. Stop by Target. Wind up picking her up a little Kylo Ren um, titanium series, like posed figure kind of thing. Um, nice. And by then, I'm thinking, by the next day, I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe Thrawn if I can find it. It doesn't seem like everything's been picked over. Maybe I could still find a Thrawn. Why not? Of course, I never bothered to look at the prices of six-inch figures. Surely a friggin' action figure wouldn't be $20. Mm -hmm. But I go to Walmart in Peachtree City, and there's nothing. They finally have gotten cleaned out. So the nerds came later, you know, as opposed to the super nerds that came at midnight, I suppose. Nothing at Target. They're all cleaned out. And in our area, thanks to it being the Atlanta area, there are some extremely divergent socioeconomic and demographic differences depending on which part of the area you're in, right? So if I go from our house in Palmetto, Georgia, and we go 20 minutes one direction, we are in the hoity-toity Peachtree City area. People are driving their golf carts to Walmart and Best Buy. Um, (laughs) And, you know, the, the Kroger has this glass front that's all nice looking and everything and so on and so on it's it's sort of the uh, again like i said sort of upper middle class upper socioeconomic but not super rich but getting there in some cases you go the artsy op- fartsy yeah you go the other direction the same amount of time and you're in union city and union city georgia is more lower socioeconomic more public housing type stuff um the the kids that i used to teach um who were at the, the school where i used to teach that many of them lived there um referred to the walmart there as the ghetto walmart because you could go to the one in Fayetteville, you could go to the one in Peachtree City, or you could go to the one in Union City. You go to the one in Union City, there's more stuff torn up, there's more people arguing over price, and there's more like, I don't know, you'll see somebody go through there and, and certain things will be cleared out that sort of fit the more, um, what you think of as the urban stereotype that are cleared out. Anything that's not just sits on the shelves, uh, some stuff doesn't get stocked because they just know it won't sell there, that kind of thing. So Star Wars stuff at that particular store is barely on the shelves at all, ever, because it just doesn't sell, Right. Um, just because of the demographics of the people going there, if they want Star Wars stuff, they're going to go somewhere they know is going to have a better selection because nobody thinks of that Walmart as the place for Star Wars stuff or really toys mostly of any kind. Um, So I go up there and I'm like, okay, if they got anything, and sometimes they don't get anything with new waves, if they got anything, there's probably still some on the shelves here rather than anywhere else. Sure enough, 
every six inch figure you could have looked for is still sitting on the shelves. Nice. Um, was able to finally get Thrawn. Then I got the sticker shock of realizing when I got to the counter that the thing was like 20 bucks. Um, but I got a Thrawn, uh, much to my wife's chagrin, took him out of the package so he can now stand behind me as I'm recording my videos for YouTube. Yeah. Um, we did that. The other place we checked was we checked Books A Million, thinking, hey, they'll have a nice big slab, like a big table set up with all the new Star Wars books so I can see if there's any other ones I want to pick up because I didn't know for sure about BB-8 on the run. And I didn't see anything like the Star Wars Kirigami folding paper book, and I was kind of interested in that. I didn't see that anywhere, so surely the bookstore will have it. Hell no. Hell no. Bookstore had nothing except Fast, but they didn't even have the Leia book. Wow. They had nothing except Phasma, and that's only on a display just of Phasma, where it's all kinds of regular copies. Um, it's kind of one of those things where it's like four different copies in two columns on one shelf. And there was one of those blocks uh, on the column, one shelf on the column, that had the signed copies, and everything else was just the regular copies. So around here, it appears that, at least in my little area, which is basically the South Atlanta metro area, from about due south out of Atlanta on west, so not eastward towards, like, uh, for those who know the area, not over towards, like, Stockbridge and stuff like that, but more um, Fayetteville, Peachtree City, Union City, Noonan, Palmetto, Fairburn, that little area. Very little interest, it seems, and just not much in the way of actual events that went on. So you can still find some stuff from, uh, you know, bit by bit. So we bought more than I expected. But it turned out that just that it seemed like the hype around Force Friday, the excitement for it just was not there in this area. And and I don't know if that's because Dragon Con was going on, so a lot of people weren't around. I don't know if it's because of um, just fatigue of yet another freaking big Star Wars release day, because now we've got the movie release day. They're going to release a bunch of stuff with it. You've got the Force Friday day and you got May the 4th be with you. I mean, it's. At least three times a year, we're being bombarded by new Star Wars material, and eventually the, the midnight opening stuff kind of gets old and gets tiresome. Um, but there's also that part of me that says, you know what, I, I look at this, and I wonder if this is perhaps a positive thing that there wasn't as much interest, because I wonder if that means that maybe, just maybe, these types of things might start to be marketed to kids again. Because a Friday morning midnight launch for toys and such, um, particularly on a school night... Mm -hmm. is not conducive to this being an event that kids can participate in. This is for the adult fan collectors. And I'm reminded of that Saturday Night Live fake commercial, right? With, you oh, know, God, you know, yes. Buy the figures! Buy two and keep one in the box! And it's mocking <laughs> collectors, and I get that there is a reason to feel insulted for collectors being mocked in that way, and I feel like, to some degree, it's a, it's a valid thing to feel insulted, because it's poking fun at a genuine part of fandom. But at the same time, I sort of get it, because in no way does this appear to be at all for kids anymore. Even if the products yeah. are aimed at kids... The launch events and the hype and the promotion are in no way geared toward kids. And maybe it'll start to be more kid-friendly if it turns out that more Force Fridays are more Force Meh kind of days um, than as hyped up as the first one was. Because this one certainly felt like it ran out of gas before it even started. Yeah, it's like, well, let's just let's just make the price tag high enough that the adults have to buy it for the kids. Hey, guess what? You know that really cool BB-8 Sphero figure? Let's put out an evil one. We'll call it BB-8. Oh, no, BB-9E. And we'll we'll make it where he's even more expensive. No, I mean, he's not more expensive than the last one. They're both like 175 bucks. And R2-D2, ah. I think, is more expensive than even both of those, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I was I was tagging Sphero on our Facebook page. Like, yeah, I got three kids. If you want to send them, I'll review them. 
please, Spiro, come on, oh, save Dad. See, that's a that's a <laughs> slick move right there. I like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Would you like a review? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would totally hook you up. I'll tell you. How- I mean, I've got a five year old and a fifteen year old. I can put these to the test. Uh, but no, I mean that, that's. I think for me, it, it came down to that that centerpiece Vader. You know, I mean, that was the one where I was like, I, I when I put it on layaway, I went with my oldest daughter and I was telling her because I I had money in my pocket, but I was two dollars short of having exactly what I needed in cash. So I had to use the card, and I was on a mission to get popsicles, and I was to use the card to get the popsicles. And I was like, well, mom, won't, maybe mom won't notice like that I'm putting $2. And I go back to the lower, and they're like, oh, we can't do cash and card. You have to do card only. I'm like, oh, crap. So I had to put the whole $15 to get it on layaway on the card. I'm like, oh, your mom's going to be so pissed. <laughs> so then I use my cash to buy the popsicles, and I'm like, I get home, and I'm like, how much you spend on the card? I have 50 bucks. Why did you spend 50 bucks on $3 popsicles? like, uh, because I had to get it. Why did you have to get it? Because there were only three more on the shelf and there was nine yesterday back off i'm freaking out over here i gotta have it it's a centerpiece figure i mean you know the price tags are insane and and you know you're blocking at 20 bucks and i'm thinking you know i'm glad right now it's 20 bucks because i'm seeing 27 bucks at other places and i'm like that's insane think about this right they had Jin and the finn and the poe dameron they had those figures on sale for like 982 a week before Force Friday. As soon as Force Friday came, those Zuvios and those those ones that can't sell anywhere that these places will not sell, cannot sell, they jumped them back to twenty bucks. It's like you couldn't sell them at eight bucks. What the hell makes you think someone's gonna want this now? It's it, it just complete greed on that end. It's Constable Zuvio with Force pig warming action. <laughs> yes, yes. It went well, on the groups and stuff. You see people. I just saw this really rare one. Like, no, it's not rare. They just they just slid it into the group. But then you get like you know like those fear ones where they've got the high tech. You know, I mean, it's it's understandable why you're spending more money. Or like you know, you see we get a Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah! Oh my God, it's eight hundred dollars. You know, I mean, the, the sticker shock on these are insane. You know, I was in the same boat, though, with the books. I was looking around, and Walmart only had uh, Phasma. You know, we had the, the Leia was out there, but I couldn't find her at first. I've, I've since then, the Leia has came. I have Leia now. Uh, in fact, the BB-8 on the run came in the mail. And uh, that first thing that I noticed, too, that really made me surprised was that sticker on the back. I mean, I, I read it with Jaina yesterday, in fact. Uh, we went down and... We were driving around with, with Kate, and we went to Burger King and stuff, and I had it out, and she, I was having her turn the pages. She was really, she really enjoyed the book. She really enjoyed the story. Uh, you know, We learn what happens to BB-8 right after he leaves Poe Dameron all the way up until he gets with Ray. And you know, story-wise, it's a, it's a great story aim for a five- to seven-year-old range. You know, I mean, perfect. But that price tag is insane. Like I was telling you, Nate, in our, in our private chat, you know, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't feel comfortable spending more than say five ninety nine on this on this book. Uh, it's a bigger book, but it's still a kid's book. And right. I, I just when when you're talking about I mean, let's look here at Leia. Okay, I got Leia sitting right here. The back of Leia says, "Oh no, there's no price tag on that." Oh, oh no, right there. Yeah, Leia is seventeen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a young adult book that has. 400 plus 400, pages. Yeah, 400 plus pages, right? A book that's just barely, I'm holding it up next to uh, Inferno Squadron here, it's almost the same size as a Delray hardcover. It's barely there. It's almost there. Now, this other one, 
Like, yeah, you take the dust jacket off, it's got a totally different cover, yeah, that's cool, but you are looking at a total of about 22 pages or so at most. And the art, while it's decent enough art, I just, I don't even think if you were to buy an, a Star Wars art book, I'd have a hard time even spending that much on that. Like, it would have to be some killer art. And while the art's good, it's it's nothing that I would cut it out of this book and put it up on the wall kind of art, which if I was buying an art book for $17.99, I would expect to be able to do that with. So so just as a, as a side note here, I should also say that, and I know that, that complaining about this or critiquing this approach is kind of looking a gift horse in the mouth, but we receive these review copies. But there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to it anymore. With yeah. Del Rey sending out review copies, they've gotten to the point where now they'll send them out so they arrive either on release day or shortly after. So if you've already ordered a copy for yourself, because you never know if a review copy is coming, you've now bought a copy and you get a copy that comes in the mail. Which is actually, it turns out okay for us because we can give them away on the show. In fact, listen, at the end of this episode, we'll be giving away a regular copy of Phasma in this episode. Because they sent it after I'd already bought five or four freaking variants. But, <laughs> like, Leia came in. Leia came in the same day that the one that I ordered through Amazon came in, but I have no way to know what may be coming because with Delray, you can kind of expect that a copy will be coming at some point usually, but now it's usually a finished copy, not an uncorrected proofs, which is fine, whatever, but it's generally later than it used to be. They sort of changed their approach. Now with, with Disney Lucasfilm Press... I find that I have no idea what's coming. It seems completely random. Some stuff will show up, some stuff will not. And a perfect example of this is I had Leia come in. You waited a couple more days, and then Leia came in for you. You had BB-8 on the run come in. I haven't seen it. The copy I have of that is one that I went out and bought. There's just a randomness to it that is frustrating. So it seems like, and it's a separate topic, but I would really like some insight at some point into exactly how the decisions are made of what goes out, in what quantities, to whom, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to how Disney Lucasfilm Press deals with that and how Del Rey deals with that. And I also have I mean, one, of the, one of the guys that I know, uh, and we, we actually had him on, the sh- on uh, Rebels Roundtable, Brock, yeah. from Star Wars Action News. Brock gets review stuff, but when Brock gets review stuff in, it's audiobooks mm. instead of the physical copies. And there are other people who go through um, and, and the, the NetGalley, I think it is, and they wind up with the, uh, the electronic copies and so forth. It's just... There's a lot of variance to it, and I'd love to know the logic behind it, but yeah, so when he says, you know, BB-8 on the run, he's got a copy, and, you know, he wouldn't have paid it. I, unfortunately, I've got a copy, and I did pay it, and I still don't think I would have paid it if I had known before I got up to the freaking cash register. And when I come back from getting that centerpiece figure, I was figuring your wife must have been doing the same thing. Now, how in the hell did that cost so much? <laughs> and you're like, it's this kid's book. Yeah, right. Well, we, we, had the, we had the good fortune, thankfully, that it wound up not being quite as bad because we didn't bother to get any of the little um, coupons or anything for Force Friday because we didn't expect to spend that much. And it turned out that thanks to the de- the Destiny 2-player starter being about 30 bucks and that being almost 20 it was about a dollar shy after taxes of being 50 bucks. And the lady just ran the $50 coupon for us and took the $10 off. Oh, that was nice of her, at least. It's like, thank God. So in essence, it wound up being cheaper than it could have been. But I think that's probably the only reason I didn't get the death glare like, what did you just buy? Is it, is it a solid gold spine on the BB-8 book? Well, and, and it, it plays into a fear that a lot of fans had when Disney bought the rights to Star Wars. I mean, oh, they've got the cash cow. I mean, and some fans, and Nate, I, I, you know, you're more of this than I am at this point, but 
I was at one point. There's some fans out there that they got to get all of a certain thing. And that's the fans that are really at the mercy of the people putting out the product. I mean, when they're making variants on things where the only thing that's really different is the packaging, but you've told, and this is not necessarily you, but, but there are collectors out there that have told themselves, I'm going to get it no matter what. If it's a different packaging, I've got to have it. That's what I'm collecting. And those people, I feel the worst for those people in the long run because I'm like, man, they've got you. You know, it's like with the Marvel, with all the hundreds of variants there and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, you've made, you know, certain people, they make that choice and then, and they get to that point where you're at right now where you're like, can I continue to do this at at $20 a pop on a book and I'm buying five or six of them at a time to get each one? Like it eventually, there are so many other items and stuff. It's like, you really have to pick and choose it for me. I got to that pick and choose moment differently because when I lost my job at Kodak, we had to go from a big house that we owned to renting a house. And so my collection space went on a premium. It went from having, I had multiple rooms, living rooms and things like that to put my stuff to. I had one bedroom that I was sharing with my wife. And if I wanted to put anything in there, I had to run it by her first. Now that we've got the house and I've got the garage, you know, yeah, I've got more space, but even then I'm looking at my shelves, like, you know, the shelf space, a premium. It's just, what do I want to put on display and it, if it's something that I'm not going to put on display that often, then I really probably don't need it. So when I got this book, you know, I was excited for this book. It's really cool to be able to read it with my daughter. But then I looked at that price tag and I just, I, that part of me kicks in and I'm just like, God, I don't know if I would be able to spend that much money on, on that book. I don't know if I would feel comfortable doing it, knowing I could get her something else that she may equally love or four or five of those things. And I think that that for me, that's one of the aspects of the collecting of all this stuff that really is concerning is that there, who decides what the value on these items are? Because $17.99 for this book, while it is a good book, I really question who felt that it was worth that much money. When you're looking at Leia, and Leia is the same price. I just don't understand those type of choices. And that gets back to that aspect where the, you've got you know the people up above doing that, and then you've got the stores doing it, like, say, Walmart, where they're taking that Zuvio that they couldn't even sell for eight eighty seven, and they're charging eighteen ninety seven again because, well, everybody wants those six-inch lines. No, no, they don't. They want certain ones, the ones that you're not stocking, mind you. And that's, that's the other irritating side of it is, like, if you're living where I'm living and you've got stores that are behind and they're still selling the first waves of the first two Force Fridays and they're not bringing in anything new, it's like, where do you go? I, and that's, that's where I understand where people go online. And it's just, you've got to just choose. You're in an era of Star Wars where there's so many things. You really have to pick and choose what you want. And the experiences are different. I mean, I went to go to the Force Friday stuff and it wasn't like the Force Friday that you guys have over in Georgia. You know, there's the the fan community here is not as thick. Uh, you know, so the competitions aren't as bad. And then you see stuff like from LA and New York and you're watching people fighting over these toys. You know, it's so like that I, I'm hoping that whoever's putting out these events are paying attention to the places that need more of and the places that are, are having less sales so they can kind of shift that. You know, if you've got places over in Georgia where nobody's touched anything, maybe give them stuff like what my Walmart has and then give places like New York a little bit extra where the people aren't having to go into fist fights to get that thrown. I mean, that's when it gets scary. And, and that, that aspect, that reality of the fact that their fans 
fighting for these figures makes me as a fan nervous when I go to my little store because I'm like, I don't want to run into that situation. You know, I just want to go in, get my thing, be happy and leave. You know, that's that's what Star Wars is. It's not about fighting for the toy. Like that that's the dark side of fandom, man. Yeah. Whenever you see people beating the crap out of each other for that tickle me Kylo, that is not a good thing. <laughs> hey, how much did that porg you got your wife cost anyway? Uh, I, I'm curious. Shoot, I honestly don't remember. It was less than ten, but I don't remember how much less than ten. Okay. Well, you know, the other thing about the books too is like there were so many books out there that are books that are like the side books, like the uh, Power of the Source book that was out there. You've got the World of Reading, a leader well, let's, named let's Leia. What, let's let's run down the list um, of the stuff that came out that day and give any impressions that we want. Because I mean, it is you know technically that's more our purview than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. So so let's do it. So we've got Claudia Gray's a uh, rather thick 400 page. I didn't think it would be that big. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is like her coming of age story told similarly in the sense of kind of the age group that it's aiming for to something like a Lost Stars or a Rebel Rising. I am about halfway through this, so I can give an impression. Have you had a chance to look into it at all? I, I have. It's distracted me a few times. I read the chapter scene where Leia confronts her mom about something that happened on Naboo, and it was pretty damn intense. And and honestly, I think the intensity of this book and, and the premise of what it means for Leia, I wasn't expecting that at all. Like, I, In fact, I'm more intrigued for this book than I ever thought I would be. And I'm just at this moment, I'm just praying that it doesn't do what all the young adult books have done so far. I pray that we do not have a Leia sex scene. Oh, I'm almost positive we're going to get a Leia sex scene. I'm almost oh, positive. Serious? I don't th- I don't know, <laughs> but there's a character that's being built up as, of course, it's her first love and her first... But um, oh, no. I'll say that I think it's capturing Leia well and the frustrations that she has. It's, it's, it's slow to start. If you read this book in the first few chapters, leave you cold like, oh, why am I reading this? This is just straight up young adult, whatever. Um, give it time. Once it starts to get into things like rebel activities, it becomes really good and gives us new insights into all of the Organas, plus the early era. This is uh, three years before A New Hope, so during Rebels. Um, that era from sort of different sides of seeing what's going on, it gives us some unexpected characters appearing. Um, it actually is turning out to be very intriguing. I'm not sure that I would say that it's stronger than Rebel Rising or Lost Stars. I felt like I had more investment there because in this case, there's not a lot of crazy stuff that could happen to her, but we're seeing how she sort of uh, opens her eyes to what's going on. But it's still a very solid book so far uh, with some interesting lessons and, and ideas in it. So that one, well, I'd recommend so far. You're only halfway through, but you're farther than me, so you can answer this question. What about this book so far feels like it deserves the journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi title um the only thing is that uh oh god what is her name the flamboyant hey it's gonna turn out that she's the first lgbt star wars character in a movie big clickbait type thing that character being played by laura dern in the film okay um is in it okay. and the planet crate shows up briefly in it um okay. uh, the, the one that if you see in the trailers is the one with like it's got brand, it's got red dirt, but it's all covered by this huge mounds of uh, of white sands or salt, actually. Um, so that as they fly over it, as it's like tearing through the salt, out comes the dirt and all that kind of stuff that makes it look like blood kind of being spilled. All that stuff. Oh, um, that planet is in it, but it certainly doesn't feel as though there's a direct line from this into the Last Jedi. But 
It didn't feel that way for stuff like Moving Target, Weapon of a Jedi, and all that kind of stuff released for the Journey to the Force Awakens, either. Yeah, that, that, that I think is my only issue with this type of Blitz, is that that title is so misleading. <laughs> yeah. Then we've got, of course, the big one. I've already talked about the different variants, and that was Phasma uh, by Delilah S. Dawson, who had previously done uh, the, I guess you call it an ebook novella, uh, The Perfect Weapon, a while back with Bazine Natal in it. This is her first full-blown Star Wars novel. And my impression of this, it's, and I just just put up the text review of this, so I'm trying to couch this in a way that doesn't spoil it. Um, the story is told kind of like Tarkin in that there's a, a present-day framing story, in this case, a resistant spy being interrogated by Cardinal, a red-armored First Order trooper who is basically sort of Phasma's opposite point. She handles training the older troopers. He handles training the younger troopers. Oh. And there's an interrogation going on throughout pretty much the entire book where this guy wants basically dirt on Phasma so he can undermine her and save the First Order from how he thinks she's a threat. And the rest of it is told in flashbacks. So, so the present is in present tense. But thankfully, and it's so it feels kind of like aftermath just without the sentence fragments. And then the rest of it, as she's telling the story, as the spy is telling the story of Phasma's early days, it's all told in regular prose past tense, but still told from her point of view. So sometimes you can tell that it's like she's making a side comment that the character would make while telling this story to Cardinal, but other times it's so detailed there's no way this is a spy who's in like a prison rack relating all these details. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of weird. But it basically tells the story of Phasma from about 12 years prior to the book, which is set some time between Bloodline and The Force Awakens. We have no idea when, of course. But 12 years before that story, up until about nine years before. And it tells basically the story of Phasma as part of this primitive tribe on this post-apocalyptic planet that had this big catastrophe about 100-plus years ago, and how she winds up joining the First Order, the power plays she makes within the local tribes, and that sort of thing. Um, But it's a very primitive type of planet using what's left of old technology in weird ways. Um, Hmm. The result of which makes it feel to me a lot like sort of a Mad Max meets Lord of the Flies type of thing. So the young, hostile individuals scraping to survive like Lord of the Flies with the brutality of like a Lord of the the Flies... A Mad Max-esque post-apocalyptic, there's some technology left, but not all that you would expect, not all working, and how are they going to survive in this mess type of environment. So if you like the idea of Star Wars meets Mad Max and Lord of the Flies kind of crammed together to give you this origin story of Phasma, uh, and it does give you a lot of decent insight into Phasma herself, um, which makes me wonder if any of it's going to wind up coming to fruition in The Last Jedi because she seems so by the book and kind of dull in Force Awakens that if she is anything like the character in this book, she's going to be much more interesting next time we see her. But if that appeals to you, then this will be a book that you will love. And I've talked to people who absolutely adored this book. Now me, I'm someone who watched, forced myself to watch the first three Mad Max films because I thought I was going to be interested enough to see Fury Road and was so bored to tears with the first three Mad Max films that I absolutely now despise the franchise, cannot stand it, will never watch it again, and will probably now never watch Fury Road, no matter how much people talk about how great it was, because to me, Mad Max equals cure for insomnia. <laughs> it just it just did not work for me. Um, so to me, this book was a real slog to get through. It wasn't a bad book, but it absolutely was not designed to appeal to people with my particular sensibilities. To me, Mad Max meets Star Wars equals 
oh god, I can't believe I've got to read through this and take notes for the timeline, as opposed to, ooh, new Star Wars book, which is a totally different feeling. I got thrown off by the journey, too, again. I, I wasn't... Ex- this is a journey to The Force Awakens. This is a journey to The Last well, Jedi. It, it depends. It depends on if Phasma does something, anything, in The Last Jedi that at all plays off of this development of the character. Because we think yeah. of... And I don't think this is at all a... A, a spoilerish thing to say because it's basically what from the beginning the spy is saying she's going to reveal about Phasma. It's just a question of how does she reveal it. That's really the spoiler, which I'm not going to get into. But in The Force Awakens, Phasma is a very dull character. She's very much sort of the Boba Fett or Darth Maul in that she's hyped up because of how cool she looks. And then in the film has very little to do and very little depth. And we've gotten very little depth from her anywhere else. So now we're getting some depth finally to her. Um, But at the time, she seemed like, you know, she's by the book, you know, do this, follow orders, I am the perfect soldier, whereas this book makes her out to be this conniving, backstabbing, opportunist, damn near psychotic, crazy, violent, scheming person. Ooh. Which is not at all what she was in The Force Awakens or anything else we've seen so far. But if this really is meant to build up the character for how we see her in The Last Jedi, maybe in The Last Jedi we are going to get a phasma that is way more interesting because she breaks the mold of the incredibly reserved, dull version of the character back in Force Awakens. but and, and you do have the idea that she's trying to hide this to be the perfect soldier until she can act, if there is some point at which she can act. So it makes sense that she could be as reserved as she was before. But it is a very different Phasma that we see by the end of this book. I mean, it just it doesn't seem to make sense with what we've seen before unless there's got to be some use of this characterization coming. But if they put that in the film, and all of a sudden she's a very different character than she was in Force Awakens in The Last Jedi, then anybody who hasn't read the book are not going to know what the hell is going on. And would Disney yeah. allow such a thing? That's the big question, yeah. which is why I don't have a lot of faith that she is going to be phenomenally different and reflect the book in last jedi i expect her to be basically a reflection of herself in the force awakens and this book has no impact whatsoever it may be that i'm wrong but yeah journey to unfulfillment probably more (laughs) than to the last Jedi. because you know the big burning question is how did she get off of star killer base and you know if this gives a a reason why she might have disappeared and faked her death well no no because the phasma comic came out a few days later and the first issue tells us how she got off star killer base so at least they told us okay because that's that's what i'm interested in the book is all set before the the force awakens even the flashbacks and even the present they're all before the force awakens wow the only reason we know it's after bloodline is that the resistance exists but of course there's no there's nothing telling us exactly when it happens there is a major character from the new canon or kind of major um, who has something major happen to them, some, uh, I don't want to say a fate is met, but a, a major turning point. So if we ever find out when that turning point came, then we'd know when this book takes place. But no, otherwise, uh-huh. we have no idea. It's somewhere within the six years spanning between Bloodline and, and The Force Awakens, and that's it. Interesting. Because, you know, we're going to give freedom to just sh- shut up, pin it down, so that we know what the <laughs> hell's going on. So up next is uh, The Power of the Force. Kids book looks like didn't even look at it. Cool cover, though. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I'm like, uh, is it is it supposed to be like one of those uh, RPGs where it has all the really cool stats? Or is it just like one of those visual guides? Like, I, I don't know enough about these type of books. And honestly, there were always the type of books that, like, unless it had background details on stuff, I really, I wasn't that into. Uh, we've got the World of Reading Level 2. That's the a leader named Leia one. 
It's got some stickers. Again, little kid's book. Now, the next one, though, I, I kind of like, I would probably get Jaina. It's uh, one of those big golden books from Random House, Tales of the Force. Uh, I just get a kick out of those type of books. Those are like totally like the five-year-old. Uh, BB-8 on the run we've already talked about. Star Wars Made Easy. Uh, Ooh, I got that one. You got that one? I got that one. Okay, tell me more, because I, I don't really understand this one. So, see, I like these types of books where, like, there's a great, there, there was a great series of these that were like, uh, I forget what it's called. I think they just call it like the Shakespeare book or the economics book. Okay. And they're basically taking these big concepts and they're boiling them down to, so somebody who's never taken a class in economics or anything about Shakespeare will have the basics they need to be able to get into it and appreciate it for what it is and have some of those fundamental big concept ideas. This basically does that for Star Wars. I'm not sure why it should be called Journey to Star Wars The Last Jedi. It's Star Wars Made Easy, A Beginner's Guide to a Galaxy Far, Far Away. So you open it up and you've got stuff like, uh, let's see, the first section, well, tell you what the sections are. There's a section called Star Wars The Basics, and it has stuff like, what is Star Wars, who created Star Wars, when and where is Star Wars set, who rules the galaxy, what is the Force, what is a Jedi, which film should I watch first, and stuff like that. Then it goes through the films and TV series in uh, release order, or ba- more or less release order. you got... Uh, uh, episode 4, and it's stuff like, why does Star Wars start with Episode 4? Uh, why is Obi-Wan Leia's only hope? Who is Darth Vader? Nice. Then Episode 5, 6, 1, 3, or sorry, 1, 2, 3. Uh, Star Wars on TV has a section for Clone Wars and Rebels, but it's very short. Then uh, Episode 7, uh, of course, then Rogue One, then Episode 8. There's not much of Episode 8 that it says, but it's stuff like, what do I need to know? What should I look out for? There's a glossary. There's quotes you should know. There's a pronunciation guide to certain key terms. Um, cool. Whenever there's a battle, it's basically, you know, here's um, the battle made simple and very basic stuff. Okay, here's what was happening here. Here's the battle that was happening here. Here are the two sides. Here are their goals. Here's what they're doing. Um, and actually, it's kind of cool. So you have stuff like uh, who rules the galaxy. And, and it's very conversational in tone. So, for instance, um, you have who rules the galaxy. There's I'll just run through a couple of these. So you have so the Republic is also the Empire. And the answer to it is, kind of. The Empire is a repurposing of the Republic by the Sith. It's made up of the same planets, but none of the same ideals. Dictatorship slowly takes the place of democracy, and by Episode 4, A New Hope, the last remnants of the Republic, including the Jedi, have been swept away. New question, which is where the Rebels come in? You got it. The Rebels are an alliance, blah, blah, blah. Right? So it's actually, and there's a lot of cool graphics in it, so it's actually, if you really want to get somebody into Star Wars who hasn't gotten into it, and you are focusing on sort of the core of canon, which is the film's and the cartoon series, not necessarily books, comics, or anything like that. If you're just trying to get them into it and to know what's going on with the films, to get them ready for The Last Jedi, it's actually a really cool book. It's one of the ones that I wasn't sure about, but in picking it up, I know all this stuff, but I really dig the book because to me as a teacher, one of the more interesting things that I find about teaching anything is that whoever's teaching it always knows way more than the person being taught. Yeah. So how do you take that vast amount of knowledge and not overwhelm the person you're trying to teach by making it something that can give them the right amount of depth and the right amount of challenge to get into without necessarily dumbing it down to the point where what you're teaching them has no value. Yeah. And this book does a fantastic job of hitting that sweet spot in between when it comes to Star Wars. I'd actually recommend it. Even if you're not someone who feels like they need to learn about Star Wars because you already know everything, get it. Yeah. Because someday you may use this to help introduce someone new to Star Wars that had never gotten into it. No, you just sold me on it. I definitely want to try that out for Jaina, especially. I mean, that's that's actually a great idea. 
And and it also you know brings something up because you talk about the core you know the core canon there that that's what we should call it we should the CC core canon that's the films the TV and stuff and then instead of an expanded universe we have expanded canon EC no no because it, it it all means the same thing it's all equally valid and then of course they're tweeting about how yeah adaptations usually have things in it that are contradictory so in the case of adaptations defer to the film didn't you just create a level distinction there anyway um, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway um, then we have. Star Wars uh, Kirigami, which is basically um, the 3D artwork. There's these stencils of 15 models that are ready to build. You cut with a little X-Acto knife or whatever these specific places. You fold um, and you create these little model things. I think it looks really, really cool. Damned if I can find it anywhere. So unless I order that online, I have basically no chance of getting it. Nowhere around here carried it. Not even the book. So the stores. difference between kirigami and origami is the fact that you're cutting the paper. Is that what I'm understanding here? I think so. I think that it's it's the fact that it's not just the folding. It it takes it another step, um, and and that means it does require something to cut with. So it's not something you can just do, quote unquote, empty handed. Yeah, I thought at first it was the metal. You know, you're bent, the bending metal models at first. I was like, oh no, paper. Okay, no, paper. All right. Hmm. Then we have let's see, Star Wars Stealth Mission Construction Book to make. Pose X-Wing, but that is an Edgemont UK release. I don't even think that showed up in the US. Uh, probably not, yeah. Then we have, uh, let's see, and actually speaking of, if I can kind of make an aside, for those of you who are not sure yet if you're going to pick up the Star Wars Adventures comic book, if you've been reading the Adventures in Wild Space books that were originally released in the UK that are slowly being released over here, um, apparently one of the ongoing serialized uh, tales or, or sets of stories you're going to see in Star Wars Adventures uh, is the grandson of Milo Graff from the Adventures in, Wi- in Wild Space books. Nice. So there is a connection between that, but of course... We still don't even have the end of Adventures in Wild Space in the U.S. because they haven't released the last few books over here yet, whereas it's been done for months in the U.K. Uh-huh. Um, all right, let's see. Then we also have uh, there was a coloring book, basically the keepsake coloring book. I'm not a coloring book guy, yeah. but okay. It's the only selling point is including new characters and ships. You know, there are people out there that are like, I gotta have it. Gotta it have says it. new. Then we have the uh, Star Wars Journey of Force Awakens look and find. Um, my wife actually got me a few of these a while back, and they're actually kind of fun. It's like, you know, it's the old Where, Where's Waldo stuff. Yeah. Um, not something to get super excited about and, and hunt down, but at the same time, if you find it, you find it cheap enough. It, it's a nifty little thing. Yeah, that's the question. How cheap are we looking? Is this exactly. also a $22 book? Exactly. <laughs> then we have the Star Wars Annual 2018. But of course, that is another Edgemont UK thing. It is only the UK that gets those Star Wars annuals. So moving yeah, right along. What exactly are those, though? I mean, what, what, it's an annual. I mean, I know in Marvel Comics, the annual is the one that doesn't fit in the damn numbering system, and you always question where the hell it goes. It's, it's a little bit of everything. It could have prose stuff. It could have comic content. It could have games, puzzles. It could have uh, various activities and stuff. It just kind of depends uh, on the publisher. And what their approach is. Like the old uh, Ewoks annual had a, l- a bunch of uh, prose stories in it. It just kind of depends. Okay. And then, of course, they were hyping up as Force Friday, even though it wasn't Force Friday, the fact that Captain Phasma number one, uh, Star Wars Adventures number one, were both coming up uh, on that following Wednesday. And then in the announcement on StarWars.com, they do point out that absolutely everything you need to know, updated and expanded, Stormtroopers Beyond the Armor, and uh, the Legend of Luke Skywalker, along with the Rebel Files, and an A-Wing model, a BB-8 model, uh, the Canto Bright uh, book, all of those are still coming from the Journey to the Last Jedi, but were not Force Friday things. And... uh, 
I got to be honest, I you know I'm interested in each of those except for the models. I don't really care for the model thing. Uh, Rebel Files mm-hmm. looks cool because it's basically like uh, Jedi Path and all those where you've got the that the, one the has opening. me completely mind blown because so far every one of that series including the Imperial Handbook that came out after the Legends announcement. Mm-hmm. They've all been Legends. Yes. They've all been set in the Legends universe. And this one's got that Journey of the Force, <laughs> the, the Last Jedi attached to it. But I highly, I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to all of a sudden, with this one, go, no, this one's all canon. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I, this will probably be kind of some weird mixture. And speaking of weird mixtures, you may recall that they released Star Wars, absolutely everything you need to know, a few years ago, or a couple years ago, and... It was said to be like the thing that would give us a sense of what the grounding is of where the continuity is now as they're building this new canon. Then it turned out, no. They actually used a lot of Legends ideas in there that may or may not be true in canon. Oops. So you can't take for granted that anything in that book is actually canon. So now we've got the updated expanded edition. And I want to know, really, is it really just updated and expanded with more stuff and they didn't address the fact that they blended two freaking continuities? Or did they go through and get rid of all the stuff that shouldn't have been in there in the first place because it turns out it wasn't going to be true in canon and they were drawing from Legends and just assuming it would be there. So I'm going to pick it up, but I'm wary of it. It's one of those things where it's sort of a trust but verify type approach. Like, if I see something in there, hey, that's cool. I hope that's canon, but I'm going to check and make sure some other source has also said so because I'm not going to be able to take anything for granted as canon if the book has a pedigree of blending two continuities together. Very much like anything now, from Fantasy Flight Games. Who makes that choice? I mean, that's that's not a story group call, right? That's a different group, right? My, I mean, this was, it was done through DK, so my guess is probably what happened was that they got the approval for making the book, then the authors turned it in, and you had your the people who were... Um, who were doing the approvals at DK, gave them the thumbs up, and it kind of just went through. Um, I would assume that someone from the story group probably looked at it, but remember, the story group people are not line editors. They're not there to go through word for word every single book that's coming out to approve everything. It's more like they approve the bigger concepts and the projects, and they expect that when there's questions about facts, the writers will check in about those facts. So I wonder if they just kind of let this go, assuming the first time around, that there wasn't going to be a pulling in of Legend stuff only to turn out, yeah, there was. Now, there wasn't a ton of it from what I can tell, um, but there was some. So we'll just have to see when that one comes out. And then Stormtroopers Beyond the Army, I'm actually kind of stoked for that. I know very little about it, but it looks pretty cool. And then Legends of Luke Skywalker, I'm not quite sure what to expect of that, but I know that it's a new original story, at least as the framing story, so I'm going to wind up picking it up anyway. Yeah, that one looks fun. Uh, and that Stormtrooper one, like I like the fact that it's got a foreword by John Boyega. Like, that's kind of cool. And Ryder Wyndham is pretty much... I've enjoyed everything Ryder's put out, so you know, I, I think that'd be fun. You know what needs a forward by John Boyega? Battlefront 2. Yes! <laughs> so he can say, see guys, I asked about the story, and they finally did the story. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, and he can no, tell the story I'm, about I'm how his dad that. was like, like, what is Battlefront 2? Um, kind of like the what is Star Wars thing. I love that story he tells. Um, so, good stuff. Now, there is one other thing that was not released on Force Friday... But announced as, ladies and gentlemen, the pre-orders are now available on Force Friday. They actually made the pre-orders available about two hours early before Force Friday actually started. That is something that Michael and I are going to wind up covering quite a bit on Cloud City Casino. It is Jedi Challenges. Mm. So Lenovo, 
the electronics company, and Best Buy have teamed up for an exclusive Star Wars product that'll be available only at Best Buy or through Lenovo's website, apparently, um, called Jedi Challenges. And what it is, is it is not a virtual reality game. It is an augmented reality game, right? So the Ooh. kind of thing where you're seeing the real world with stuff interposed or, or, or uh, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, imposed upon it. Um, kind of like, you know, there's the, there's the augmented reality game. I forget what it's called. It's like a fighting game that you could get on uh, the PlayStation Vita where basically the fighters are fighting and it looks like they're fighting on your table kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and what this does is it uses your smartphone. So no, it is not a standalone headset in and of itself, but it uses most modern smartphones that you stick into this visor looking headset that you wear. And then it gives you this augmented reality view that, that creates characters and stuff, you know, out of thin air to be there yeah you have this little orb that you sit on a table or sit on the ground so it knows what the surface is um of your particular uh, workspace because it is going to have to make it so that it looks real in your reality and then there is a controller uh, a motion controller and button controller that is shaped like anakin's slash luke's slash ray's lightsaber and what you have with this is three games built into it you can sit it on the floor and it turns into an augmented reality lightsaber dueling game where you fight against characters like Kylo Ren and Darth Vader. Oh, fun. So it feels like you're fighting a life-sized Vader or Kylo Ren with your motion control saber. That feels like a saber because it is a saber hilt in its design. Um, you, and, it's con- and it's tracking it with the lights and everything. Um, then if you sit it on a table, you can play Dejaric. They call it hollow chess, but you can play Dejaric, nice. basically. Um, and then if you sit it on a table or a floor, usually they really recommend apparently sitting it on the floor but sitting down over it, you play basically a strategic combat, a real-time strategy type game of two armies against each other fighting across your floor or your table. Um, so they're announcing is lightsaber controller. Experience what it feels like to wield a lightsaber for the first time to face off against enemies right in your own living room. Feel your opponent's attacks with force feedback. So it's got a rumble feature. Lenovo Mirage AR headset. The Lenovo Mirage AR headset is ergonomically designed for maximum game immersion. And then finally, the tracking beacon, the little ball thing. The beacon ensures accurate tracking of your location while expanding and filling in the environment around you with an immersive augmented reality universe. Very cool. Mm. Does not include the technology to actually create the AR thing per se. That is through your phone, through an app that you would get, in con- a free app, in conjunction with this. But it gives you the headset to use with it, and it gives you the controller and the orb to tell it where to create the augmented reality. Uh, I feel like I'm on a game show, but hey, Mark, how much do you think this will retail for? $199. Yeah. Yeah, this is a $200 right. game. Um, and of and that was that was just guessing with with the prices we've seen, not what I feel <laughs> like, it should, feel be like worth. it should be. I exactly. would say thirty five ninety nine if I felt like what it should be worth. I would think. I mean, I would think like you know, especially since it's not a headset 50, in and of itself, you have to have a phone with it. I'm thinking like fifty dollars, eighty dollars at most. No, it is a two hundred dollar product, Ooh. and of course, with me as big as I am into um, Star Wars in general, but also into uh, virtual reality stuff. And as big as I am into, you know, trying to play everything I can so that Michael and I could talk about on Cloud City Casino, you know my dumb self went ahead and immediately put in a pre-order for when this launches in November. So I guess I have until November to make sure that 200 bucks is set aside for Jedi Challenges. I'm excited for it, but I'm really concerned that it's going to wind up turning out to be crap like so many other augmented reality things are. But this is... 
the Star Wars license. Uh. It's Lenovo. They've been hyping it up quite a bit. People have done trial runs of this at some um, uh, like electronics shows recently. It's been getting pretty good um, uh, like preview reviews. So I'm hoping it turns out to be worth it. But yeah, uh, if you're curious about it, go to bestbuy.com and do a search for Jedi Challenges. And when you get the actual product page, um, you can check out uh, the specifics of it and uh, watch the little videos where they show how the games work and where they show like what the technology is. But there was a lot of question initially, does this actually do, its, it, do it itself? Or do you actually have to put a smartphone into it? And what kind of smartphones? Like, I've got an iPhone 5, 5S, I think. Um, and it looks like it's going to work with it. It says it works with most smartphones. Um, but I don't even know if my phone's going to work with it. I've been asking Lenovo repeatedly, will this oh, work with an iPhone 5? And I have not been able to get an answer. So it may be uh, something that only works with my work phone. Yay! Or until I uh, upgrade my phone. Um, so it is, once again, it is very much like a regular... <laughs> You know, phone-based VR type headset with the difference being it's done for AR instead of VR, so you do see through the camera, not just see the uh, the environment. And yes, it's got the cool Star Wars controller and whatnot, but it costs a hell of a lot more than any VR or AR headset um, for a smartphone that I've ever seen. Probably because wow. it's got the so lightsaber. So if it doesn't if it doesn't work with your phone, then you and Mike are going to be talking about how it cost you another four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, well, see, that's the thing. We're trying to see. Like, I'm trying to get an answer before it actually releases. It looks like it's right because it, what it says on the on the actual page is I think it's ten. I think it says it needs iOS ten. So an iPhone that uses that, it shouldn't matter what phone it is. More of the of what the operating system is to be able to run the app. But we shall see. I'm hoping to get an answer. And if not, if it turns out that it doesn't, I can turn around and sell it. Or that may be time finally for us to upgrade phones. But yeah, I'm not all that stoked at the idea of upgrading the phone. Uh, but at least I'm not an Android user because I used to be an Android user. And they list only a handful of Android phones and they say, and other Android phones. Well, thanks. That helps oh, me decide if I can spend $200 on this thing. Right? They need a They uh, need a nice page that just tells you exactly what all it's compatible with, but I doubt we're going to get that. See, and for me, the break the bank is the figures. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I went with the six inch. Uh, so we've got coming in around 799 in the 3.75. We got Ray Jedi training, Poe Dameron, resistance pilot, Kylo Ren, Finn resistance fighter, first order stormtrooper, Luke as the Jedi master, general Hux, Rose Tico resistance tech, Paige Tico resistance gunner, Chewbacca with Porg, C3PO. We must know it's him because he's got both red arms or I mean gold arms. Uh, we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, Emperor Palpatine and Leia Organa on Hoth. There are also deluxe two packs priced around 1499. Ray Jedi, training in the elite Patreon guard uh, that's the new red uh, stormtrooper looking guys Han Solo Boba Fett Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn there is also a deluxe figure set at $19.99 of the Rathar and Balak T uh, Balak Tick I'm sorry, uh, I'm, sorry. The- I'm sorry I'm pretty sure you just said a Rathar and Balak Tick isn't this a product launch for the last Jedi yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I, okay. No I was just checking. They're getting around to it because the next one's a probe droid and Darth Vader, and then a Wampa and Luke Skywalker. Of course, they have to let us know that's on Hoth. Well, at least we at least you know, you know, are... maybe there'll be a flashback because originally there was going to be a Cloud City flashback of, of oh. uh, Luke battling Vader, but we didn't actually see it. We just, in theory, heard a little bit of it in the Force Awakens. So maybe there's going to be a flashback to Luke on Hoth. Oh no, no, I'm just making Quit excuses. Quit playing for with them. my emotions, damn it! Quit playing with my. Mo- I would flip. 
I would probably get up and try to attempt to do a flip in the theater and crack my skull and everybody talk about it later. But I would be excited as hell if they did a flashback like that. Uh, especially if they got like the Winter Soldier to play Luke, like because that would just be a fan dream of mine. Uh, vehicles, they range from $29.99 to $49.99. We got the Resistance A-Wing with Resistance Pilot Tally. Uh, Canto Blight, uh, Police Speeder with Police Officer Resistance, Ski Speeder, and Captain Poe Dameron. Kylo Ren's TIE Silencer with the Kylo Ren TIE Pilot version of Kylo Ren. That actually sounds kind of cool, just the fact that there's a TIE Pilot variant on him. Uh, and then Miscellaneous... And miscellaneous runs from twenty nine ninety nine to one hundred and ninety nine. Damn, damn is right. Uh, I kind of wish they'd put a star. Which one's the one ninety nine of these two items here? <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait! It's a range from this to this, and there's only two items in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless, unless, unless miscellaneous counts all the next thing. You know what? It's probably all of them down to the role playing. Okay, I was going to say that's a little. That's that's a little um. Facetious? Yeah, well, we got Force, the Force Link starter set with Kylo Ren, the BB-8 Mega Star Destroyer with Supreme Leader Snoke and Elite Patriot Guard, which the packaging on that shows a Death Star in the background, and everyone's like, oh, there's gonna be a third Death Star! Okay. Now, this is, this um, is the Mega Star Destroyer that turns into the maid, right? You no, know, I think that one's separate. This is the one that, that's the BB-8-looking one. Suck. Suck. <laughs> Sorry, Space Rolls reference. My bad. Continue. Uh, actually, no, I think that has to be that category because the next one is the six inch scale and those aren't twenty nine ninety nine starting oh, out. Those are nineteen. They will be. They will be. They, oh God. Someday. Are we predicting something terrible here? Uh so we've got uh Hera, we've got Ray Jedi Training, Luke Jedi Master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. This is not the San Diego Comic Con exclusive, it's just the figure. Uh Kylo Ren. There and now with the Kylo Ren, a question arose with me. Uh, it seems like this Kylo Ren is taller than the last Kylo Ren. I have yet to see a side-by-side comparison, but I've seen this Kylo Ren standing next to other figures, and I'm like, good God, he's tall as hell well, all of a you sudden. You know, if you eat your space Wheaties, not only will you grow taller, but it'll allow you to actually move where the scar is on your face. That that could be. I mean, continuity is light in the new canon. Uh, we've got Darth Vader as a reissue. The Stormtrooper is a reissue. I actually want to get one of those because I didn't get the first one. Snowtrooper reissue. AT-AT driver reissue. Poe Dameron, uh, and this is a new version of the Poe Dameron, I believe. Finn, it looks like he's in the Imperial Officer. There's Jedi, or uh, God, I wish it was Jedi Leia. General Leia, Chewbacca, the Elite Patreon Guard, and then we've got the Centerpiece Assortment. These are the ones I got the uh, Vader Tantive for. There's the Hoth, Luke Skywalker. We've got the exclusive six-inch figures, which is Tango Black. I have no idea what Tango Black is, but it sounds cool. Uh, I have seen the Commander Gree at Toys R Us. Dude, what the hell is this Tango Black? You got to look this up while I'm while I'm reading these off because this is going to drive it's, me nuts. It, it's uh, it's like s- a Star Wars version of like saying you know Tango and Beta or or, or something. So it I, actually means TB. I, so it's basically the character with tuberculosis. I don't know. It's a, it's a six inch figure character. I mean, I've seen the Supreme Snoke with the throne for GameStop. I have seen the Elite Guard four pack, but I didn't realize it was a four pack when I saw it. Uh, you know, because like I wasn't really. Think I, I thought it was like a different thing. I didn't realize that was the one. That one actually looks really cool. Uh, and then there is the six-inch scale vehicles, which is uh, Ray with her speeder. And you've got see, the Ray speeder is cool because it's got the little 
actual cloth, but she's got the plastic cloth that goes over her mouth that clicks on over her face. I just got the 3.75 of that, and I'm kind of like, damn it, I should have waited. Uh, and then there's, of course, the X35 land speeder with Luke. And I guess one of the cool things about that is there's a spot for R2 to actually clip in in the lay-down position, which is kind of a nice new uh, thought there. We've got the role-playing stuff starting at $100. That's $99.99 up to $149.99. And of that, we have got the Captain Poe Dameron Black Leader helmet and honestly that looks pretty damn cool uh i was like i gotta see this on some people and of course force friday people posting online the social media they did not disappoint it looks intensely awesome i would probably dish 150 bucks on that uh there is the jedi training ray force effects lightsaber uh so i don't know which one's which here i mean i'm assuming that Poe was the 149, but the Force effects have been 149. I so I really don't know which one's which on the price tag there. I wish they'd put the price tags here. Uh, then we've got the Titanium Series helmets. They're coming in at 14.99. We've got the Victor Guard and the Tango Red. So these Tango guys, these must be the new Stormtrooper type. Maybe there's a black one. Maybe did you ever find out what that black Tango is? I'm going nuts over uh, here. Well, <laughs> when I did my first search for Tango Black, I got shoes. <laughs> And then when I did a search for Star Wars Tango Black and, and looked for images and stuff, I found almost nothing. I found a couple of pages where people apparently are thinking that it's probably, um, based on the description, it's probably this guy that's basically, it looks like a First Order Stormtrooper, but the joints are a little bit heavier in black, including the uh, shoulders. Ah. And he has like a black stripe down part of his helmet near one of his eyes and has like a, a for, like an electric whip or something oh. with him. That, that guy, I think. I thought that was the executioner. I don't know. I don't Whoa. know. Okay. I don't know. And he wasn't even on this list. That executioner. Well, then maybe that's maybe that's trooper. why. Maybe that's because this is him. I mean, maybe it's a. Uh, you know, maybe you've got it, and, and maybe he comes in a pack with another figure because it does take two to tango. Um, but Whoa. that being said, I, I noticed you mentioned the Canto Bright Police. So, uh, so, and you went through the list. So I'm assuming that we do have sort of like the space police, but we don't have. The, the toy convertible with young Kirk that blares out sabotage as he's... Oh, crap. Sorry. Wrong franchise. Wrong franchise. My bad. Yeah. Then uh, there, I've got another link to sci-fi.com. I've seen this one. I don't know what he's called. He's basically the first order. It's like the the heavy pack guy. He's got the, the gear that goes on his chest that had the gun that popped out that set the gun up when Poe and Finn were trying to escape. This trooper comes with all the gear. I've got to find that guy. Like he looks sick. Uh, there is the, uh, Luke and Ray with the background. Uh, what is it? Uh, from Akshto. I'm not saying it right. I'd rather call it Skellig Michael. Uh, there's also the build your own droid kit. My daughter actually, they had that at Walmart and she was actually excited. I see that and I'm like, that looks kind of lame cause it's clear and see through. It doesn't quite look like R2, but, five-year-old loved it she wanted it so i'm like okay maybe we'll have to get you that uh let's see we've also got some more of the let's see the last jedi toy line is here we see the executioner which i'm, I'm wondering that's got to be the tango guy right like there's no name on him man it's just that uh, another version of bb8 there's the backgrounds of those two that i've already talked uh, nope that's it i'm done i'm done with that list so is it possible that we're going to get two more troopers eventually that are whiskey whiskey and foxtrot so that they can fight together as Whiskey Tango Foxtrot? <laughs> Possibly. I'm haunted by at one point, there was a point at which I knew that that basically meant what the heck are you talking about or what the heck is going on. I didn't realize that it was actually standing for WTF, what the F. Yeah. So I used Whiskey Tango Foxtrot at one point talking to a friend of mine and they got really, really pissed off because they thought I was cussing them out. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? What are you talking? Huh? 
yeah, I was, I, I was, I was innocent at some point. <laughs> so I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. But so if you're into Star Wars collecting, and there's some, there, there's probably something for you out there. If you want to get plush stuff, there's apparently a, and this is what made me think Tango Black may not be the trooper. There's apparently a plush Tango Black. I don't know what that means, um, unless it's like Build a Bear or something. Um, but you have kind of something that's a little bit for everybody, except video gamers, really. Um, yeah. Most things, most of the different product lines have had something or had something coming relatively soon thereafter. But I don't know. It just feels like this time the product push was there, but I'm not sure that the audience was as, as excited about it. I'm not sure if it's fatigue or what. Because when Force Friday 1 happened, it was really the first Force Friday kind of event that there was. There was a lot of hype around it, a yeah. lot of excitement about it. But now we've had that and Rogue Friday, now Force Friday 2. And, you know, if we get to a point where we're having two Star Wars films a year, like one in May, one in December or something, then doesn't that eventually mean that we'll be having two Force Fridays every year? Not to mention a bunch of stuff dropping on the day the film comes out so as not to spoil it, like the visual encyclopedias or the visual guides and stuff like that, and the May the 4th stuff. So could it be that at some point we're going to see five of these kind of days every year, not even counting home video release that usually is kind of a, a thing by itself? I don't know. I feel like they had a good thing going, but at the same time, now they're sort of hyping it up as if the hype is the same. And I don't see the the excitement or the interest there, and at least in my area. I was surprised to see the amount of excitement there was in my area for the first one. Now it's kind of the opposite. I'm like, wow, it's dead. It's a freaking ghost town. See, I think Disney's testing the market still. I think they've got a five-year strategy, right? I mean, think about this. You got stores like Walmart, you've got places like Freddy's and Target, you know, they're all across the globe. But Disney store? How many Disney stores are there in the United States? I mean, off the top of my head, I'd say two, maybe ten tops, right? I mean, some of these places, you're only going to be able to see this stuff at those certain locations. So what if they're flooding the market to find out which stores have the most return on their investment overall so they know where to you know, ply their product down the road. Uh, you know, because one of the things I've noticed this this time around, there are less items. There are no micro machines right now. Mm-hmm. There are no titanium diecast figures. They just went with Hot Wheels. So you know, those two alone were stuff that I was collecting each Force Friday that have now just gone the way of the Force Unleashed figures, the original statue ones before they went to the smaller versions that also disappeared. Uh, you know, so I'm wondering, you know, are they looking at what is selling and what isn't selling? And each time they're just cutting back on a couple of the items. I mean, we are seeing a lot of reissues of some of the popular items that that sold fast, which I like that, uh, you know, keep that up. You know, the ones that don't sell, don't give me a, a Zuvio repackaged, but I'm okay with getting a Stormtrooper repackaged. I'm okay with seeing Hera repackaged or, you know, some of the characters that you're not able to find anywhere else. Finn with the three bloody handprint, uh, you know, the three finger hand. I, I would love to see that repackaged. Can't find that anywhere. Uh, you know, so the other upside about it is stores like Target that had the three packs with the uh, Death Trooper Commander with the Captain Cassian Andor with the leather jacket and gin. Uh, I was able to get that finally for 20 bucks because they, they finally started putting them in at Ross and stuff because of the new shipment. You know, they finally shipped that stuff out. They weren't pulling the Walmart and holding on to it all and jacking the price back up. So I was able to score in that regard, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, Pottery Barn, for example, has got some really cool pillows and stuff like that, beanbags, things like that. Uh, you know, we talk about Toys R Us already, Target. Staples has got some things. Uh, Pottery Barn okay. Teens, this place okay. called. 
I call timeout. It's Force Friday for Star Wars merchandise, and you just listed Pottery Barn and Staples. The Empire's gone too far this time. <laughs> Seriously. Staples? Yeah, Staples. Staples. This is actually from the events page at StarWars.com. Oh, my God. Was. Like, like, they were advertising Staples. I'm like, but Staples, uh, I, to be fair, I think Staples was the drones. I think that that's where you were able to get your drones. Well, yep. you can get the combat, get your Star you get the combat Wars drones, drones elsewhere, too. You could buy them at Walmart. In fact, you could buy them at my Walmart two days before Force Friday because they put half the stuff up before Force Friday. Yeah. You just had to talk the cashier yeah. to letting you through. Staples is definitely one that I would see them dropping because of that regard like you can find those drones elsewhere force but, friday three yeah. midnight staples be there well i mean like hot topic that's a no-brainer yeah. but jc pennies like okay that i wasn't expecting that but Wait, again you, know, again, you do see star wars stuff there at coles time too. out speaking as someone who's not seen an open mall in a while jc pennies still exists not in my store uh they're they're closing up this next month in fact it's finally clo- Our, closing doors you know how uh, all, there's all that talk about how uh, film companies and stuff are now producing a lot in georgia because of the tax incentives and everything yeah um, there's a couple of different film studios within about half an hour of where we live and one of them is where they tore down the the mall that was dying over the years they tore down the mall old union station as they called it or shannon mall in union city right there next to that walmart that actually had the throne um ah. tore it down turned that into a uh, I think it's called Metro Studios or something like that. So one of the film studios is now where that mall used to be. I haven't seen an actual working mall in years. I, so so hearing that JCPenney still exists is almost a mind-boggling experience. It's kind of like when you find out that an actor you thought died years ago because you haven't heard of him died today, and you're like, <laughs> he was still alive. Well, I... Good for him. I mean, bad for him, but good for him for still being alive when I thought he was dead. We just lost our our only uh, Radio Shack uh, about six months back. Like, I mean, here on the West Coast, we're a little late to let go of everything. I guess so. I guess (laughs) I can see it now. Now, I guess a couple things that pop up for me about Force Friday uh, and sort of tangential things that we could talk about at some point, but probably not really necessarily right now. But it struck me that there was no new Force and Destiny product, or not Force and Destiny, Forces of Destiny product released. That brand new Mm. product line that had that animated series with it, didn't seem to get any push on Force Friday at all. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder, you're talking about testing the market. I wonder if we're getting to the point where we're going to see the market finally start to collapse in on itself for convention-exclusive books. Because we had exclusive Thrawn, which is kind of a fiasco trying to get it. You finally get your hands on it, and you, it wasn't signed. You still had to go get it signed, which led to large crowds and stuff like that. They seem like they did it smarter with the Inferno Squadron at San Diego Comic Con because they were already signed. So unless you wanted to get something personalized, you didn't have to go take it to get signed. Now, and in that case, you know, you just go up and you buy it, but it's limited, I think it was, to how many copies you could buy, perhaps. Um, I think it was. I'm not actually sure if it was even limited. Barrett was able to get a copy for me. But now we have a certain point of view, exclusive to New York Comic Con, go in and get your wristband, have to come back on a specific day at a specific time, limited to one per customer, and not already signed. So they're taking all these different approaches to it, and I'm wondering if this is the one that's finally going to have people throw up their hands and say, you know, my give up, my give up, screw it, (laughs) screw you with these convention things, we're done. Um, I'm hoping that that happens, because I don't have convention ones to hunt down, even if I did decide to go for variants, but... I don't know, but I think you're right. There, there's a degree to which they're sort of attesting the water. Same thing's going on right now in home video. We just had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 released as the very first Disney film of any kind uh, released in 4K. 
Oh. But they did that in such a way that sort of the you had the same kind of fiasco of some type of limited availability. The only way you could get a copy of the of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 on 3D Blu-ray was in a package with the 4K disc and a regular Blu-ray in a steelbook that was exclusive to Best Buy that sold out within hours. Wow. And became incredibly, incredibly difficult and expensive to find on the secondary market because they didn't make the 3D one available anywhere else, and the steelbooks always get snatched up like crazy. Um, but they're testing the waters on the whole idea of Blu-ray 3D and 4K in the same package for Disney, of 4K at all for Disney. And mm-hmm. do they even keep 3D alive at all for Disney? Um, wow. So it's very much a time of experimentation with Disney, but I don't know if, it's be- if that's because Disney's actually actively trying to experiment or if they're trying to change with the times and it's that the times we live in from a market standpoint are so volatile in terms of what people actually want and will spend their money on as the market's changing um, mm-hmm. that it's just sort of dictating that they take different approaches um, from time to time. Well, even the whole Netflix deal now that they've officially are moving away and doing their own yes, thing in 2019. Yes, yes. We're going to put all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff on the Netflix and Disney stuff on the Netflix. Woo! Wait, we're going to start our own streaming service. Don't worry, Star Wars and Marvel will still be on Netflix. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Now it's going to be moving over to the Disney platform. And it's not yeah. that Disney doesn't have a streaming platform already. They've got Disney movies anywhere. This is a different one. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Fast-moving market changes and trying to adapt to that could mean that what you see one year with a similar product is completely different than the approach the other the next year with the same type of product because enough has happened in those 12 months to totally upend what we thought was the norm. Yeah. So like we got stores like Meyer Coles, we said JC Penney's Hot Topic, uh, GameStop of course you would know about Think Geek, uh, FYE Fi, I'm not sure how you're supposed to say that, Fantasy Flight Games, Build a Bear Workshop. Oh yeah, my wife uh, loves those. She's I'm gonna have to get. I guess I know now what to get her for Christmas because she's yeah. got a lot of the other ones and now they got more like Ray. See that's that's cool. Like at least like you know something Star Warsy that your wife's into. Like at one point my wife was doing the whole M and M two packs where they were dressed up like different Star Wars characters and stuff, but she got. <laughs> that whole line and was like i'm done you you could have like the little candies being like you gotta lose yourself in the music the moment you own it oh wait sorry sorry yeah, wrong eminem two packs or you could have an eminem <laughs> yeah. and tupac two pack which would be a whole nother thing to promote all eyes on me yeah so uh there's brookstone uh box lunch books of millions best buy uh we've also got bed bath and beyond uh, Apple, as well as bah, 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 Amazon and Second and Charles, whatever the hell Second and Charles is. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> there were a lot of places that you could go and do your Star Wars Force Friday. And of course, for me, it came down to, you know, it was basically Walmart. I mean, Freddy, Freddy's wasn't even really on their list, although Freddy's did do a Force Friday thing, but it wasn't an event. And I, I dare even say Walmart really wasn't an event. Uh, and I think that's why I'm for sure I'm going to go to Target. Target seems to be, Target and Toys R Us, for the most part, seem to be the two stores that really go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. We also had that augmented reality app going on where you could go down and, and find different things and, and you can do it in your own house and stuff. Like I've had K2SO hanging out with me down here in the studio. I've had BB-8, uh, you know, a hologram of BB-8 that R2 projected, that kind of fun stuff. That was really cool. Um, and I think like, if you're really going to get the most out of this is, is go with someone that's going to have fun with you. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're going to be that guy that just sticks his arm out and runs down the shelf, knocking it all in, if you're going to be that guy, just stay home. You're already a dick. 
<laughs> there you go. I mean, you, you, you know, you go in here for fun. You're not going here to be the guy that's going to turn around and make money off of this stuff. I mean, that's that's if if you're doing this to make cash, your your fandom's all screwed up. They're, and I don't know what else to say. They're living by the wrong Star Wars quotes. Instead of any of the more benevolent ones, uh, benevolent Star Wars quotes, they're living by uh, Yoda from a. Uh, from the Empire Strikes Back. Mine! 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 <laughs> Wrong yes. quote to live by yep. a son. Um, no, I think that this is one of those things where, I mean, be, if you're going to do it, be strategic about it. Try to get as much as you can without having to go somewhere, um, which is what I did. So that then, if you're narrowed it down to things that you have to get in person, you can then figure out what the best place is to get it. Like, I, if it wasn't for the fact that Fantasy Flight had that two-player starter for Destiny coming, um, then I would have been able to just say, we're just going to hit Walmart, because that was the only one that had an exclusive version of Phasma that I wanted that was still left on my list after ordering stuff online. So you've got the ability to narrow down your focus. Otherwise, I mean, you're talking about trying to go shopping and planning it out as if you're planning the invasion of Normandy. Yeah. You know, okay, you're going to go here, we're going to go here, we'll meet here, you know, 15 minutes later, how many stoplights are there in between? How fast can we go without the cops stopping us? And if we said we're going to Force Friday, will they get us out of the ticket or will they ticket us more? You know, nerd! It's, you just... Alpha group, you must get Hera. I need Hera. Exactly, exactly. And, and I don't know. I think that it's, um, it's... It's much more so than just budgeting money. It's budgeting your time, and yeah. it's strategically trying to make it so that this can be as fun and as non-stressful as possible. I know people who were freaking out and were extremely over their threat, their stress threshold trying to get certain exclusives and such on this Force Friday, especially exclusives that were scattered across multiple different places, and they couldn't be multiple places at once for midnight. People who were like, well, I wanted to share this experience with my wife and my teenage son, but because of all these exclusives, all three of us were at different friggin' stores trying to get things. Um, form it into whatever is going to make it work for you. I always say if fandom is stressing you out, if something that you do for a hobby is stressing you out, you're doing it wrong. There, there's something about your approach to it or the approach that's being foisted upon you that isn't making this fun anymore. And if it's not fun, why do it? So minimize the stress levels, plan ahead, maybe a month ahead with pre-orders or something like that, and you'll be a little bit better off to be able to have a little bit more of a, a laid-back Force Friday, if you're going to do Force Friday at all. Um, it just, it's... I, I hope that eventually there will not be a midnight version of Force Friday. Maybe it'll be like an 8 o'clock in the morning type of Force Friday thing. But still, you're going to have kids going to school. And still, you're going to have some stores that are open all night. And then the question of when they're going to put stuff out on the shelves. So it seems like midnight openings are what's going to continue. But I'm not sure how conducive that is to a true... you know, the, for, To the spirit of, of Star Wars as a family thing that families can do together... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I see it, uh, and I and I yeah. think I would have no, cussed out you. any parent, you know, who was still at Target at two o'clock, sifting through the aisles right before they closed, carrying around like a two year old or a three year old or someone who is or a five year old about ready to go off to kindergarten or something. You know, I, <laughs> I don't know. So, so it's a, it's a, a fun event to talk about, and I love the big product launches, even though it's taxing on the on the wallet. But yeah, something's got to give at some point, probably with the Force Friday stuff. Maybe they lay off. 
for a little while, but I doubt it. You, you know that guy that reached his arm out? He's actually a Star Trek fan. He just came there to get it all in his cart and then redistribute it throughout the store. He's a dude from uh, Fanboys who got all broken up over the uh, the, the broken statue. Con! <laughs> and yes, yes, I did just rewatch Fanboys. That was uh, that was Seth uh, Rogen? Uh, no, this was... Uh, I forget who was even in it. Uh, the only person to, uh, whose name stands out to me, except for people who made guest appearances like Carrie Fisher and, and uh, William Shatner, uh, is uh, Kristen Bell is in it. No, that's what I'm saying. That character, that is Seth Rogen. He's got like a nose prosthetic is on. Is it Seth Rogen? Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was Holy insane. crap. Uh, I don't know. I've, I just watched it because I've started to branch out from the Star Wars Home Video Library into uh, parodies that got the official nod during production, where they were kind of blessed nice. by Lucas. So Fanboys, which got blessed and was given access to all the sound effects as a result, um, is going to be coming up on the show. So I've just rewatched Fanboys, such nice. as it is. I. I remembered it being strong. And I guess the last thing to uh, touch on, speaking of things to come out, is you know now that we've got these toys out there and you think about the 3.75 has that force link, uh, You know the directors have told us you, know, you may not want to be looking at the packaging too closely. Uh, and you know that these, these lines are going to start coming out. You remember the Kylo Ren lines and stuff that everyone's like, oh, this is what Kylo says. Like The spoilers are going to start coming out there. Like I said it earlier, you know, people were, were seeing the Death Star on the side of a package thinking that was something. Uh, I want to say that uh, one of the background descriptions talked about the st- Super Star Destroyer that, mm-hmm. that Snoke has that we've now seen pictures of. The one that does look like the robot made from uh, the old Spaceballs. You know, super, super big. Like, I, I don't know. So... I'm at that point where I'm expecting these spoilers to come out, but when I see the line talking about it, I am definitely not going to be clicking. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people out there, they thought this was going to be the no-brainer moment that we were going to get the trailer. I was one of them. I honestly was expecting Although the trailer did, to drop. We did get a, a new uh, Rebels trailer. We did, yeah. That would, I mean, somebody was thinking. Now, do you think we're going to get an actual trailer for The Force or The Last Jedi before it comes, or do you think we're, we're there? We've already seen all we're going to see. I would hope so. I would think that we're going to. Maybe just ahead of when they open like a pre-order ticket sale kind of stuff on it, perhaps. When yeah. uh, Fandango gets to spend two days crashed again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably... You're probably right. I just, I'm just right waiting there. for the... Uh, you know, for the action figure, this it, it shocks. It's it, it's shocking. You know, you put Ray on there, you use the Force Link, and all of a sudden she's like, "You're gonna pay Kylo for killing Luke." I mean, I, that just blew the whole movie. <laughs> they're not oh, quite that God. blatant, but it's but thanks. They're probably about as blatant though as Qui Gon's noble end. Yeah, that still pisses me off to this day. Put out the soundtrack before the movie with a track called Qui Gon's Noble End. Kiss my. You, you get the ray and you you put her on that force link thing and she's like, no, Snow can't be my father. That's not true. You're like, what? That's not- impossible. <laughs> no, no, oh. it was it was like Anakin. It was like Anakin. You had a human mother, but you were conceived through the porgs. No, nah. that explains my body hair or something. Uh, I still I've seen one picture of Chewie with a with a feather in his mouth and I'm just like, please tell me he eats a porg at some point. Like he just gets fed well, up Luke, with their stuff. Luke's got to be eating like, something while he's there. We saw camping gear right? and get not get like jostled around at the end of the Force Awakens. I'm thinking porgs are tasty. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, now I think that about wraps up this episode of Stars Beyond the Films. Actually, no, it doesn't because we got, we got a, contest. a contest. That's right. That's right. We have a regular nice copy of Phasma in hardback, uh, not one of the exclusive versions, but a copy of Phasma uh, provided to us 
by Del Rey, and we are going to give that sucker away. So we just gave away uh, Inferno Squad. Kenny Crayley wound up being the winner of our copy of Inferno Squad. So now we have a copy of Phasma to put out here. And uh, as we usually do, we're going to take this up basically to the end of the month. You can send in your entries, and then we'll do the drawing. So to get your entries in, send an email to swbeyondfilms at starwarsfanworks.com. Have the subject line be Phasma, and in the body of the email somewhere, you can add comments if you want, but in the body of the email somewhere, give us your mailing address, your name and mailing address, so that we can mail it to you if you win. Get your entries in by, we're just going to say the end of September, right? So at 12 a.m. on October 1st, Eastern Time, entries are cut off, and then we'll draw, and whoever wins, we'll send that out to you through the mail. Uh, nice, pristine, hasn't even been read because I was reading a different copy, a copy of Phasma. So if you're into the whole Mad Max meets Lord of the Flies meets Star Wars, you're absolutely going to dig it. And I said it wasn't quite for me, but I'm also one of the few people I know who doesn't like Mad Max, so what the heck do I know? Get your interest in, doing the giveaway of Phasma. <laughs> Yeah, now that actually wraps up this episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films. We'd like to thank you once again for hanging around with us as we ponder on sharing our fandom. And a huge Starkiller base size thank you to our editor, Michael Yankovic. And happy for birthday, Michael, mixing. right? Aren't we recording yes! his birthday? Yes, yes. And, and Skype lied to me because two days ago, Skype said it was your birthday and then Facebook said today. So one of these two is right. So either way, happy birthday. It's okay. Thanks we, for editing. We don't need continuity in birthdays either. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See what you've done? <laughs> We're just throwing it all away. But anyway, yeah, a huge thank you for the editing, the mixing, the mastering each episode of Beyond the Films for your listening entertainment. Any of you guys out there want to shoot him a thank you as well. You know, keep on keeping us going. We love it. Uh, remember, you can always listen to our episodes streaming online on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes are also available on Stitcher and iTunes, and we always encourage you to leave us a review while you're at it. You can also find links to our episodes on both our Twitter and Facebook pages at SWBeyondFilms, or just type in Star Wars Beyond the Films in your search bar. Hey, but no matter how you get there, be sure to like our Facebook page page it is the best way to interact with us it is our own home one if you will not only can you post comments to us about the show we love interacting with you fellow fans so if you have any star wars legends or eu questions or you just want to comment about a past episode fire off you can always email us directly at swbeyondfilms at starwarsfanworks.com now before we go we want to mention to you our sponsors audible if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash starwarsreport you get a free trial run of audible to see what they're all about our sponsors they have more than 100,000 titles you can explore the star wars expanded universe or any other genre without risk of being stuck with a book you flat out hate because audible members they can exchange any book within 12 months that's one year with no questions asked so in this digital age if you're thinking of making that switch from the page to the audiobook audible just might be right for you so once again for stars beyond the films this has been mark and whistler and nathan saying thanks for listening and may the force be with you and never yeah not never quote us the odds see i can't even say it right don't quote us the odds man don't what is the well, odds? I think never is actually right. I think it's like never yeah, tell it's me never the tell odds. never tell me the odds. We've been saying the other version for, for years now. But yeah, 
Don't! I broke our own tradition, man. <laughs> what are the odds of that? <laughs> Apparently pretty damn good, man. Mommy, where do porgs come from? Oh, porgtastic. Oh, go porg your mother. Wait, what? No, no! Don't tell her I said that. Mmm. <laughs> porgs. What's gonna be the next porg? Maybe it'll turn out to be something like completely. I, I want to see. So now we had like the cute and cuddly. So now we need something that's just like completely creepy. So like next time it'll be somebody's severed, severed, burned hand, and there's all kinds of toys of it. And there's like a sucker made out of it where you like eat each individual finger differently, and they're different flavors or something. Well, that's why we got the Rathar. They're like, oh, oh, we should have marketed the Rathars like the porgs. Quick, make a toy. Yes, because Rathars are cute. Tell me about the Rathars. The internet is for porgs. 